0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Wrestleomics Radio. I'm Brandon Atherton, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. And today on the program, we'll be talking about... WWE going back on the road to touring in front of live fans in July. More details on AEW's new deal with TBS, the latest in viewership in the dark days of the Showbuzz Daily List world that we now live in. Don Callis is done as an EVP of Impact. There's drama at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've got a Google Trends report that we'll discuss. There's a new patent troll lawsuit against WWE. And reportedly, WWE made a lot of money to book the zombies. Seriously. All that, coming up, but first. And now, joining us to my south... Slightly southeast, in the deep south territory of South Buffalo, New York. Chris Gull <laughs> joins us to discuss the week in professional wrestling business.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like we just did this a couple days ago on the uh, emergency episode that was on the Patreon. We did. so. Uh, uh, and by the way, if that Patreon, it's only $5. And look, you, you get surprise shows like that every once in a while.
1: Yes, we've surpassed 100 subscribers on Patreon now which I'm, I'm very happy about. Um, yeah, and we did an emergency episode. We'll talk about some additional details that we've learned since we did that recording on, I believe it was Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday, because we went, we went mm-hmm. head-to-head with AEW Dynamite on the subject of <laughs> AEW's move, upcoming move to TBS in 2022. Uh, AEW Rampage, the quarterly specials coming to TNT, and Dynamite moving to TBS, but... Anyway, check that out on the Patreons, but over a 30 minute, I think it's 35 minute episode that we did for everybody on the Patreon feed.
0: Well, we're going to start with uh, WWE today, uh, Brandon, and we're going to talk about the announcement that was made on Friday that they will be returning to live events in 25 cities. Only three dates, though, officially announced. Uh, this schedule is supposed to go through Labor Day and it's going to debut uh this July in Texas with a trio of shows. You have Friday, July 16th, Smackdown at the Toyota Center in Houston. Sunday, July 18th, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. And then Sunday, I'm sorry, Monday, July 19th at Raw. Then it's an American Airlines Center in Dallas. And uh, all those tickets for those live events are going to be going on sale uh, this Wednesday. And the additional tour stops and on-sale dates will be announced in the coming weeks. Um Not surprised about Texas being the first. We've kind of also seen that with AEW, with Texas and Florida. But uh, I haven't, and and I I know you're the type of guy to do this. I haven't really done it in my math with the calendar yet. Mm -hmm. 25 cities to Labor Day is pretty much just TV tapings and pay-per-views, right? Here's the rundown.
1: July 16th. It's one of the first things I did when I read this, as I pull out the calendar. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) July 16th to Labor Day. That's September 6th. So there's, this is including, uh, you know, so up to and including 16th to, to the 6th. So Labor Day, of course, is a Monday, as it always is. But anyway, there's eight Fridays. There's nine Mondays. That's 17. Okay. This is a math show. Uh, so that's 17. Then you figure pay-per-views are monthly. So there'll be two, maybe three pay-per-views. So that brings us to 20. Um, what else could be in there? Maybe some takeovers could be in there. Maybe. Maybe or Warner- A garden a- show. A Madison Square Garden. Like a house show, you think? Everybody wants yeah. to know about house shows. Are house shows ever going to happen again? I don't know. This doesn't shed that much light on it. Um, I think WWE is um, on the road for good after this. It's interesting that they would announce this as a 25-city tour. Uh, as if it's a tour that has a limited release or something. The, I, I think they're just going to stay on the road. Uh, unless there's Some sort of setback in the pandemic or something, um, but so so we get up to maybe 23 or something like that by counting all those dates up and including a pay per view or two and including a takeover or two short of 25. I wonder if any of those, you know, what, what, what would you say, Chris Cole, is are are the most important city or cities for WB2 to, to visit in their in their in their touring? I have some in mind, I wonder what
0: you think, uh. I would. Well, we we talked about the garden. I think New York, just because that's home to them still. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, traditionally a very very good uh, wrestling market. Um, after that, i um, I mean, maybe Philadelphia, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and they actually just loosened a lot of mass ma- uh, mandates on uh, live uh, live crowds. Mm-hmm. So um, they traditionally do very well in Phoenix too. No, oh. yep.
1: You're naming yeah, some of the major uh, cities uh, in the United States here. But how yes. about, how about those lucrative cities of Riyadh and Jeddah? So I, I didn't I,
0: even think about that. So I
1: think the big question now is, and I don't know if that's included in this. Uh, this is only through Labor Day, right? And that's through the, through early September. So there would still be a number of months in the year before then. But I wonder if maybe not even just one Saudi Arabia event for the government of Saudi Arabia. Um, but maybe, maybe they could get, get two in now. It's probably what will have a great deal to do with it is whether or not uh, Saudi Arabia is going to allow people into the country, particularly from the United States. And I found a May 17th uh, Associated Press article that says things like, quote, with limited exception, foreigners from 20 countries, including the US, UK, UAE and France, remain banned from directly entering the kingdom. Uh, Although tourist visa holders to Saudi Arabia remain barred from entry, the kingdom is aggressively marketing its sites. To would-be visitors, so we'll. I think that's something to monitor, especially if you're trying to make sense of W's financials for the rest of the year and trying to predict what's going to happen. Fifty-five million dollars every time they go there. Fifty-five. I tweeted something earlier this week, something we've discussed before here on uh, that W has to disclose the amount of revenue that they get from their customers who contribute at least or more than ten percent uh, of of their total revenue. And in the past, that has apparently, they don't make it explicit who these customers are, but they quantify the amount of money. And there are, in, there is in 2018 and 19, a customer that is contributing $110 million in each of those years. Split that in half, that's $55 million. It's gotta be the General Sports Authority, uh, a branch of the Saudi government. So that, that will mean a lot to their financial picture and to the profitability, to their revenues, if they're able to, generate an extra 50 or even 100 or 110 million dollars before the year is over so that's that's the big thing that's going to affect the eps that the analysts will uh will make estimates on and that's something i'll be watching um texas you they going to the wild west the texas where we know there's not as many restrictions on live events in florida as well i would expect some of these events to be in
0: florida oh, oh yeah
1: um and I think this is going to be beyond those two states, though. There's only so many cities, for one thing. There's only so many cities in Texas and Florida, as, as heavily populated as those states are. But I would expect uh, other other areas as well. Now, AEW is what going to—they're is it, they're going to St. Louis, I think. There's a, there's an AEW date for St. Louis. I think that's that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, but
0: it's the fall, though. It right, was this was is way off. This is the way fall. Off.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. Uh, so we'll be we'll be watching that if you go to the W's website and look at their live events page. It's only these three events uh, that are up there for now. But we'll be I'm sure we'll be talking about that as other cities get announced. It'll be curious to see what the demand is like. Um, so it'll be something we might be able to get an idea of by looking at Ticketmaster when these tickets do go on sale this Wednesday. Are they going to be a fast sellout? Um, WrestleMania has it had its own problems and there's no hotter ticket. WrestleMania, granted, that was a little bit earlier on when people may have been a little bit more cautious about going to large public gatherings, and since that time, you and I are both fully vaccinated, and I'm sure that there's, you know, yeah. similar stories for a number of people in the U.S. Um, about, I think we're over one-third of the country has been fully vaccinated now, so we'll see. Um You gotta yell at me every time I say we'll see, or take a drink every time you, I say we'll uh, see.
0: Oh. Um... Um, real quick uh, I did want to mention kind of go back to original point with the touring thing now that I start to think about it tour is just one of those words in their vocabulary that doesn't really mean what it yeah. is Yeah, because uh, they will do that for the house shows Right. there's always the Wrestlemania Revenge Tour the Road to Wrestlemania Tour and the WWE Holiday Tour and I forget what tour they do in the summer or whatever right uh, after the Wrestlemania Revenge Tour <laughs> right
1: yeah um... It sounds like SummerSlam. I actually didn't. I didn't prepare this, but SummerSlam, I believe, is going to be in Las Vegas. I think we talked about that last time. That's what I expect.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's that's the heavy rumor. Uh, well, we talked about it. We just threw out there, but I right. think there's no press release about that or, that or anything Las yet. Vegas,
1: right? And there's no again. Yeah. The only the only live events listed on WWE's website right now are those three dates that you just mentioned. For was it Fort Worth, Dallas, and was it Austin? Uh Houston, Houston, Houston. Houston. Yes. So, by the way, the Saudi events, if they do happen, they are they have a 10-year agreement, which began in 2018, running through 2027. 20, two events per year. So, they haven't done one since February 27th, 2020, just before the pandemic. And um, Vince McMahon has said on earnings calls that any of the missed events will just be tacked on to the end. I wonder if they could even end up doing events more frequently than twice a year to make up for the dates that they have missed. Because now they've missed how many? they missed a second one that they would have done in 2020 they missed i would say by this schedule they've missed another one by now
0: probably um so they've probably missed two at this moment i i and i mean as far as the mid markets and small city markets i don't know if they're going to go back to regular house uh show touring just for the cost effectiveness of this but i think it does also help with employee morale i think if you're Telling the guys – because they don't really – I mean, I guess they still get a cut of the house, but it's not like it used to be. So I think if you tell the guys, hey, you do your TV tapings and then you go home, much like the benefits that AEW offers. Yeah. I think it could be good for morale if they decide, hey, we're just going to do TV tapings. It may be once in a while, like a Madison Square Garden or something like that. Yeah, like exactly.
1: In a lot of ways, a business that is so driven by media revenues and so no longer driven by – live event revenues, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to do house shows in the way that they were doing them before the pandemic anymore. I know there are, as we, we've talked about before, there are a number of sort of hidden benefits that aren't financial benefits that come with running a lot of shows, including giving people experience, but there are a lot of hidden um, disadvantages too, like wear and tear, like the, the otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the opportunity cost and the morale by, you know, letting people be at home a few more days per week. But We'll see if they do take a drink. We'll see if they do more house shows. I doubt they will. I think they'll just that's that's been my prediction that there will be certain holiday tours that are especially profitable. But will they be going to these small towns uh, once or twice a year? I doubt it.
0: I think that's over. It doesn't make a ton of sense, I think. Um, Nope. It'll be interesting if it has the same effect of when Vince nationally expanded in 94 or 84. Sorry. And all those small towns that they would go to a lot ended up not getting WWF anymore and ended up being the growth of the independent wrestling scene in the Northeast. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see how independent wrestling does. Right. If this is a, a true thing that these towns just don't get there anymore.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering too, and I've given this a lot of thought, but what's the, what's the return going to be like for independent wrestling events now when you've got the, all the big companies now, WWE and AEW are returning to events by July. What's going to happen with indies? Um, I, know, I know you've been involved with the hype for our, our local promotion in first day wrestling. When are they going to come yeah. back? When is New York going to allow uh, gatherings like that again? I know we got Yankee stadiums it, going to be attended, you know?
0: Yeah. And honestly, it seems like it's not as tightened as people think it is, but I've noticed that venues still have tighter restrictions. Mm-hmm. I've seen a, a live show in, in our area that, it's going to be outside, but they're going to mandate masks and they're going to mandate uh, the negative COVID test and all that. But that if you go to a baseball game, that's not the case. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And you also obviously don't have to have a negative COVID test. And then you don't even have to have any COVID if you're not vaccinated. You just got to wear a mask because mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be going to uh, the Buffalo Baseball Stadium June 1st to see the uh, Blue Jays play the Marlins. Oh, so is, is that the, the official in the vaccinated section? Is that
1: the official name of Pilot Field now? What it's
0: it, no I'm using the name uh, the Salem
1: field. Salen, is it really Salem Field? Do people outside the hot dog? Yeah. Is, is is buff is Salem is a national brand, right? No. We're talking about hot dogs. <laughs> it's It's, it's
0: like regional.
1: Anyway. Um that is our local minor league baseball stadium. That is because the US and Canada are locked down from each other, the Blue Jays are playing here in Buffalo. Um, what will it mean for ratings?
0: Yes, Live I think events. that's what you wanted me to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what will it mean for ratings with a, a touring schedule now, Brandon?
1: I think not much. I think it'll be a short term bump and then it'll go back to where it was. Um, I know there are that I've, you know, I've, I've talked and I've heard people talk who are you know, from the sort of the financial analyst community and the investor community. And they're really looking forward to the effect that the return to live fans will have on WWE ratings when there's fans back in attendance because, and then there's no, no question, the product is better with people in, in the seats and reacting. That's what's, that's really the game in my view. Um, yeah. But the problem with ratings is the content. And the problem with the content yeah. uh, is not just that there's not fans there. It's, uh, it's the execution of the content and the development or lack thereof of stars. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think this will have a, a, a nice bump on July, whatever it is. 16th. Is that the first Monday? What's the first Monday mm-hmm. you, you have the thing up.
0: Um, oh yeah. The first Monday is July the 19th. So they're starting it off with a SmackDown. So, is okay. the touring. So it's SmackDown money in a bank and, and raw.
1: And I'm sure, you know, there's rumors that John Cena will come back for one of these first events back in arenas, it'll be a big deal. Uh, And I see maybe it'll even last for two or three weeks after. And then I see it being right back where it was. Um, I, 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 I really look forward to, I think there's going to be a new level of, of game happening once, once these audiences do come back. And now we've been in this world where Vince hasn't had to face a real live crowd, the exception of WrestleMania uh, last month hasn't had to face real live crowds on any, any consistent basis since March 2020 and I think there's a belief in that company among people who are producing the show writing it and performing it that the audience was in their way <laughs> and um I think there's going to be uh in, in in the time since there hasn't been a crowd I think the audience that's left has has probably shed down to become maybe even more hardcore than they were before the pandemic. And I think WWE has gotten so comfortable with not having the crowd there and being able to press the button that makes people chant, this is awesome, and have people cheer and say, "Uh, you deserve it, and things like that, that I think there'll be even more audio manipulation, which I think will further frustrate the live audience and make them more... Even though, yes, they're paying to be there will make them even more uh, distrustful and more willing to give what they know is an an undesired reaction.
0: Um, One thing I would love to see, and I I know, Brandon, you're just the guy for the job, uh, is after the first four weeks of live shows, like live audience shows for Raw and SmackDown, it'd be nice to see the uh, cumulative four-week rating of the last four weeks before there was no fans. And then the first four weeks of fans and see that comparison. You can,
1: you can, you can see that comparison a couple months from now at, at Brandon Thurston on Twitter. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely look at things like that. Absolutely. Um, yes.
0: So, uh, moving along and, uh, we're going to get into a little more AW as we discussed this past Wednesday on the emergency broadcast, uh, AW to TBS. And we actually have a note from the PW Insider. And this was kind of what I was referring to earlier uh, or on that show, Brandon, but mm-hmm. I couldn't remember where I saw from was I had the word making the rounds is, is that between the switch to TBS rampage and the new quarterly specials on TNT, all the wrestling is receiving in the area of an eight figure payday from Warner media. So that is what I was the del- Alluding to, uh, when we were just talking about it last Wednesday. Yes, eight figures. So what, what I mean, any idea on the number you think? No, eight figures,
1: which could be anywhere between ten million dollars and ninety nine million dollars. Eight figures. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I've have, I have asked, and when I have asked. What the, uh, you know, when I try to get some further, I, I do believe that the, the length of the deal, and I think Meltzer's reported this, and this is definitely what's been hinted to me is that the length of the deal has not changed. Keep in mind, this is Turner, a Warner media company that is now about to work on a merger with discovery. Who knows sure whether, about the pe- to get into. whether the people they're dealing with today are going to be the people that they're dealing with a few years from now, or, or even when the, the merger is complete a year from now. Right. I don't know if that will be complete, but that's when maybe they'll start to merge. Right. But as as far as um, what the value or how this changes AEW's TV revenues, it's not very clear to me. Um, I do believe, though, now that any reports that we hear of AEW's TV revenue is not like WWE's TV revenue is guaranteed escalating TV rights fees. WWE knows, I think. It's my belief. WWE knows, at least in the case of Raw and SmackDown, they know what they're going to get, at least for the U.S. deals, the biggest deals guaranteed TV rights fees. Really, no matter what the viewership is, they're going to get the same amount. In AEW's case, I believe they have a guarantee base. And then I think there's still ad revenue share that fluctuates. So there's probably some volatility when things like 2020 happens and there's a pandemic and the ad demand decreases. So I think that's happening. I think there's When Tony Khan says $175 million million over four years, which breaks down to an average annual value of about $44 million, I think there's probably about a 10% plus or minus range that 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 might vary within based on various incentives, including the sharing of ad revenue uh, on Dynamite. So, yeah, I don't think this represents a change in the amount of time. Um, I, I think the current deal will still expire in December 2023 with a one year option on Turner's part to extend it if they want to. I think they probably will, because this seems to be working out well. Um, <clears throat> and I think, yeah, know, again, one, one possible factor in the deal not being extended in time is just the fact that there's a merger on the horizon. Um, yeah. And as far as getting a specific value, I, I, I would imagine the quarterly shows represent some sort of increase in payment. Does Rampage include some sort of increase in payment? Maybe. But uh again, when I've asked, I've gotten an answer to the effect of
0: you know we're not comfortable getting into that level of granularity. Okay.
1: That's our new sound. <laughs> That's on your soundboard. I made that in Python. But yeah. Rampage, by the way, will be mainly a taped show. Um, usually produced in conjunction with Dynamite, uh, with the exception of weekends that are next to a pay-per-view or next to weeks. This is a Friday show and and on weeks, weeks where they're doing a pay-per-view on the weekend, Rampage will be live. Um, so not going to be a weekly live program. That could change in the future if it does really well or if the right person decides that they want to go live but it would be very expensive to have two uh, TV productions every week. So it's much cheaper to do this and I I don't know what's going to happen as far as where the dark and dark elevation stuff is going to be taped in the future. Um, I believe there's discussion within AEW about whether or not they're going to continue to go to Daly's place and produce matches that way, maybe to produce some of that YouTube content. Um, So yeah, those are my beliefs.
0: I kind of like that idea because, so we all know obviously the Performance Center tryouts for WWE, they bring everybody down and they're not having televised matches, but they're bringing everybody down and this and that. It'd be interesting if that's pretty much, what AEW did was every week they bring people or every other week they bring people to daily's space that they want to kind of take a look at extra right. And then they have some of their roster talent. They have matches.
1: Which is quite honestly, like probably the not only is it cheaper to do that rather than doing a performance center and doing this whole bureaucratic tryout system where you go down to the performance center and we try you out and then maybe we sign you and then we warehouse you for a while. And um, <clears throat> I don't know that that makes sense. And I think that, creates this great bureaucratic structure around everything that makes everything seem so holy and magnificent as you work your way to grab the brass ring toward the main roster. But wrestling is, is this star powered performance. And I don't know that uh, doing what WWE does is either the most cost effective or it's just simply the most output effective way to do things.
0: But anyway. Um, So, a uh, similar AEW really note, but we're going to go to the merger that did happen with Discovery Plus and Warner Media. And we actually have something from the Sports Business Journal uh, with uh, a media research firm, Moffat Nathanson, predicted that Discovery will move key Turner sports and news content to Discovery Plus. Uh, and that will make it a broader and more attractive offering, which will help their ability to grow those more valuable impressions. So interesting prediction that when this merger goes through, that Discovery Plus will be putting uh, sports content on there, which is interesting because it's, I think, the one field that they really don't have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I'm very familiar with Discovery Plus and all that, so we can get into that in a minute. But I'll let your thoughts first on sports and Discovery Plus.
1: Yeah, so that's merely a prediction by an analyst firm, research firm, Moffat Nathanson. Um, I know I, I listened to the The Light Shed podcast this week with uh, Rich Greenfield and Brandon Ross, and I forget the other guy's name, but uh, an, another really great podcast that people could listen to to try to understand the media business. Uh, but Rich Greenfield predicting that Discovery Plus uh, will be gone in a year, and that maybe it'll all just merge into, I don't know, HBO Max or something. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, the, the point is to think about, um, does a, does this present a situation or is is there a final destination here for uh, AEW's pay per views? Is there some sort of streaming deal for AEW at some point in the future? And would w- would there it, it where they land? Probably somewhere in the in the same family as their current TV partner. Um, I think the long term game of AEW is to sell uh, to Turner or whoever their their major business partner is at the time. Probably warner media or i guess i guess it's, i guess warner me is basically going to go away and they're merging into discovery the ceo of discovery yeah. is going to be the ceo of this thing who knows what happens to jason Kylar, who's the ceo of warner media but yeah this is going to be discovery i don't know if the warner media branding is going to go away or what but anyway uh yeah i think the the long-term game of aw is to continue to make it very valuable and maybe to consider selling out to a major media partner like maybe it's discovery at this point um this is far future though um <clears throat> so if aew were to do a streaming deal that would be s- in some ways similar to what ufc has done with espn plus slash disney to what's now right right in their wrestling space wb has done with nbc universal with peacock um again the wb and nbc universal deal for the WWE content and the biggest piece the pay-per-views is 200 million dollars average annual value the demand for AEW content is a fraction of what it is for WWE content of the same kind. We're talking about pay-per-views, right? One point one million subscribers in the US is what the, the WWE network was able to get, um, and we know that AEW just did their their biggest pay-per-view ever with the Exploding Deathmatch, with about one hundred twenty-five, maybe one hundred thirty thousand buys, higher price point for sure. So it's so it's not a one-to-one apples-to-apples comparison. Talking about ten dollars subscriptions versus a fifty dollars price point, um, so I don't know, maybe say two hundred thousand, maybe maybe three hundred thousand to be really ambitious is is their ceiling of demand. So, and then think about the fact that too, when we're making the comparison between AEW streaming value and WWE streaming values, that WE has an enormous tape library, which I would, you know, take a guess that maybe that's worth twenty percent, twenty five percent of that value to peacock um aw comparatively has virtually no uh library other than their own history at this point uh, which is only two years old uh, and the the weekly show is less than two years old so if there's a i, but I think you could probably make an argument that you know if, if a, a discovery or someone else in the streaming world were to Make AEW an offer of you know twenty million dollars per year, maybe thirty, something like that. Uh, that's probably worth it to AEW. They're probably only make, and especially if it's a US only deal, which I, US uh, is only US service, I think right now, or maybe predominantly US. Not global. I, think, yeah. I did look this up the other the other day. It's not global, at least. Um, so again, maybe twenty million dollars is, is is sort of a a threshold where it starts to make sense because in the, in the U S for pay-per-view AEW is probably only generating if they're only doing four a year, it's probably only generating $7 million per year in, in pay-per-view revenue after the split, Um, you know, and, uh, and considering the number of buys that they do. So that's something to to consider in the future. I think eventually that will happen. There will be a streaming deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting discovery plus doesn't currently have any live streaming stuff. Uh, uh, what it is, is mostly educational basis. I brought up before it's nature. It's unscripted television. It comes to the world of cooking and home repair and house gardens. And they're actually, they're doing a network switch over the, that's launching January, 20, 2022. They're taking their DIY network and turning into the Magnolia network, which is pretty much a network based around the stars of fixer upper chip and Joanna Gains a whole network. I mean, there's going to be shows that they're not on, but a whole network based on their brand so i feel you know you brought up the comment earlier from rich greenfield having it all be one thing i don't know about that because i think keeping it separate you're also going to get two uh you know two incomes instead of just one streaming service subscription now you have two subscriptions coming in but i think sports can add to that maybe some documentary style programs especially if they acquire warner media i would believe cnn si would be involved with that like Maybe some documentary style programming. Maybe, you know, like like I said, some specials. You know, pay per views for or, or uh, uh, for AEW. Even the stuff they were doing, like the Road 2 stuff. That's the type of stuff I could fit on that. But they haven't done any live sports. But that's a programming I could see more sports educational. But the live, the live uh, pay per views obviously would be an attraction.
1: Yeah. So what we're kind of talking about here is whether or not. Whether or not Discovery continues to exist, or whether it's bundled into HBO Max, is is this something I've thought about. And in some ways, this this resembles what happened with W Network, sort of W Network being bundled into Peacock. And this is something I think about, sort of, you know, sometimes as as far as we do a Patreon here, and um, you know, some people say, well, eventually somebody's going to come along and bundle all these Patreons together of of a, of a like product. But I don't know that there's that 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 those products bundled together produces a a greater demand or produces greater revenues, uh, for everybody. Once they split up the revenues again, and then redistribute it. Um, at least in the case of, of wrestling Patreons, I think the, the followings are sufficiently small, but yet the audience is sufficiently passionate that everybody's going to make more money. And certainly true now, but I, I, I don't see it changing in, in the, in the future, at least not the near future that, um, you know, everybody's going to make more money by, by it all being segmented like this and um, everybody getting exactly what their demand is. You know, I, there's a little question here too. Now I'm just, we're now, we're just talking about about my own business here, but there's a little question here too. Now that I I know I'm getting what I deserve. So I I, I don't question whether, Oh, oh, I'm I'm contributing all this and they're only giving me that. I, I, I know that this is what I attracted. We got a hundred patrons and I've, I've earned these and you know, there's, there's, I've, I can, I know exactly what the demand is and it's specifically to, toward our content. Um, so, and then I don't, I don't think that when you bundle more of these services and more of these products together, that it increases the demand. I think if, you, you know, if, uh, if we've got a hundred and somebody else has got 500, I don't, if we were to band together, I don't know that we have a lot more than 600 now, you know? So anyway, I think that this is what, why did I go through this because I think if you bundle Discovery and HBO Max together, do you end up with in aggregate a, a bigger subscriber base than you had separately? I'm not sure.
0: I think you know they're so different that people will actually probably have subscriptions to both HBO Max. You get your premier HBO programming, your superheroes from DC, your movies exclusive movies from HBO. And like I said, Discovery, it's, a, it's educational. It's a, I almost like to call it the, the married channel. Cause it's a lot of yes. a home and gardens and, 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 and right. cooking and, and stuff like that. So I, I think they're two separate entities that people would have interest in both. I has subscriptions to both. Do you, okay. how many of me is out there that you're, that you would be cutting down? Yeah.
1: And, and I think the yeah. other opportunity so, is like, uh, if you've got something where maybe there's just this sort of, Threshold casual interest in the kind of content that that say Discovery Plus has, where you do have maybe you do have a lot of people who are borderline interested in an in HGTV, Food Network, etc. type content. They're not quite sure if they want to spend whatever it is—is is it five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. What's the price point?
0: Yeah, it's uh let's see here. Goal is going to check his credit for card. Uh, but.
1: But, but maybe if you bundled it in with HBO Max, which let's say I'm, I'm not a subscriber of yet, but I'm also considering, OK, you've, you've taken two products that I was on the borderline of and you combine them and you haven't doubled the price. You know, you haven't uh, combined the price. It's 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 those it's the, the, the bundle of those two products together, but it's at a price that's lower than the price of those two products separately. Then maybe I buy. Uh, and I think there's a better argument for that in in more mainstream entertainment, I guess
0: seven dollars uh w- without ads five dollars with ads um i actually have an interesting question for you we talk about bundling and i saw this on twitter and i really wish i could remember the person that tweeted it so i can credit them not my original idea and it, it almost seems maybe an unrealistic scenario but if discovery plus wants wrestling content right they want wrestling content on an aw hat at that point will have a few years of library but still Nothing crazy. Would they be looking at a possibly purchasing a tape library from an impact wrestling or that of the ilk yes. to just add more wrestling content? Yes. Well, I had a conversation. I just
1: happened to have a conversation with someone uh, recently about this. And I think the the price that companies like Impact or their parent company, really Anthem, would want for their their library. How, how is Impact monetizing their library right now? Uh, It's on Impact Plus for however many subscribers they have. Uh, Probably not a ton. And they're putting it on Pluto. Um, And and Pluto, we know from the 2017...
2: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Uh, discovery of, or at least it's an an exhibit in the the GFW lawsuit between Jarrett and and Anthem um, over the rights to GFW. Uh, Part of that, there was some sort of business model. So these are not financial reports of what had happened in the past, but it was a business model of sort of forward-looking, this is what we expect to make. And um, at that time, four years ago, Pluto was paying them just under, I think it was something around $800,000 for for distributing their content on Pluto. So the price that it would cost to acquire the library would probably be several million. Um, maybe the low seven digits. Uh what's the demand for the for that library? Uh on, on if it was distributed on the widest basis? I think the demand for the WE library was a couple hundred thousand subscribers. Um, and maybe that's a good business. But but Peacock bought out that business, okay? But if 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 the W Network library had a demand of in the US of a couple hundred thousand, I think globally of a couple hundred thousand subscribers. What's the demand globally for content like Impact, Ring of Honor? It's probably a fraction of that. You know, it's probably a tenth or may, maybe maybe um, a fifth of that, right? So i I think we're getting down to the the, the lower part of the funnel here, where it's more like the Patreons, where there's a passionate enough audience that is also sufficiently small and not sufficiently large, where it just makes more financial sense f- to 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 cut this up in, into isolated pieces where people will will pay will pay all sorts of money for it in all different places. Um, I don't know that you make more money by by bundling together the the AW library and the impact library and the Ring of Honor library and whatever the IWTV library. Um, I don't think. I think the best way that those are to be monetized is piecemeal, I guess is what I'm saying. Rather than together for $10, because I don't think there are all these people there are. I don't think there are a sufficient number of people who are sort of borderline on those products, but they haven't quite gotten them. But if you put them together, boom, you you double the, the demand. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the, uh, ratings report for the week. Uh, and, uh, Brandon, you have been so due diligent. Uh, they, they are still down at Showbuzz mm. Daily. We don't know if they're coming back. Hashtag and yet you're still pray for Showbuzz Daily.
1: At, actually, we, we only have the, the big four programs this week. If this goes on much longer, I don't know what we'll do. We'll try to work out some alternatives, a solution. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. But every day that goes by, my hope fades a little bit more. We might be about to enter a post showbuzz daily world. It's a dark thought, but it might be the case.
0: Well, the good news is that Russell and is the light through that darkness. So we'll we'll find a way. We always do. Uh, But we'll kind of go with the ratings here. Smackdown. This is from Friday, May 14th. Uh, Did a one point, uh, a little over 1.9 million with a 0.44 and 18 to 49 significant drop. From the week before that did 2.2 and uh, 0.65 at 1849. Uh,
1: not just down from the week before, but the lowest rating on Fox. OK, the, the FS1 episodes were like under a million Okay, so not, not comparable, but the lowest Smackdown on Fox in the Thunderdome era.
0: Wow, that is a uh, that's very, uh, very interesting there. And what do you think it was? I don't know. It's May. They Is just it did just summer? Yeah. yeah
1: it, it's May. Ratings are always down in May sequentially. Um I think uh you just did a, a nostalgia episode so that that did a big rating. I wonder if those nostalgia episodes remind people of how it's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> I wonder if there's a little bit of, of a, an effect mm-hmm. of that. Um well, I did um it's the, it's the content. If you want ratings to be up over a long period of time, uh, and, and I know got. SmackDown is better than Raw. I've heard, I've heard. But um, develop new stars. That's how you. That's how you draw money. That's how you uh, boost the ratings mm-hmm.
0: consistently. Well, even though there was a pretty big drop off with SmackDown, Raw pretty much stayed the same. We'll just, uh, One point eight uh, we million Raw, overall. Well,
1: we have the overnight, which I might be. It was, to, I might, I might be able to tell you off. Oh coverage. yeah, what is the over, so we were talking about SmackDown? Yeah, what's was, the overnight of the SmackDown? A week from this past Friday, but this most recent Friday, the uh the rating appears to be slightly up according to the overnight. The overnight is uh I think it's reading something like one point eight uh one million, which which is down from the number that we just said, but the overnight tends to be a couple hundred thousand or at least one hundred thousand lower than than the final. So this would, by comparison of the overnight for the one that we just talked about, which is the lowest in the era of the Thunderdome, this would would appear to be slightly up, but we'll We'll probably get a final. We'll get a final rating to talk about next week.
0: So the overall audience did not change the same on raw doing a, a uh, 1.8 to uh, three compared to the one point eight two zero. So So uh, not much of a difference of 3000 uh, um, viewer difference. But the 18 to 49 took a little bit of a drop 0. 0.48 this week compared to 0.53. So the people were there. They just got a little older. <laughs> yes. Uh, down
1: 10% from last week um in 1849 yeah so i would expect uh, viewership to uh, to decline in, in may we'll uh
0: we've got one more week to go and then we'll talk about some monthly averages yeah um nxt uh pretty much staying where they were 700,000 same numbers as the week before uh in 1849 was .15 compared to .17 yes
1: so, I mean, you can't blame NXT. Um, and, you know, they were going head to head with uh, AEW on this night. So you can understand why they were only uh, 700,000 viewers.
0: Uh, uh, no, th- that was the past, Brandon. OK. <laughs>
1: um, the NBA playoffs, though, are are happening right now. Right. that That is the latest uh, scapegoat. Play-in games. The play-in game. Yep. The Lakers and Warriors yep. was on at yep. 10. They opposed AEW Dynamite, which we haven't talked about yet. But the pl- playoffs are happening. Were the playoffs happening on Tuesday? You're, you're, you're the sports fan. I rely on you to know these things.
0: I do when I think Wednesday was actually the first play of night. okay So there weren't any playoffs so,
1: on Monday or Tuesday to oppose raw or NXT is it
0: what you're talking I don't I don't believe so okay. Um, but we we I will uh segue into the Dynamite r- rating here. Uh, you talked about uh, going against the Lakers Warriors. Uh, playing game Uh, 821,000 overall with a 0.28 in 18 to 49 uh, drop from the week before, which was 940,000 and a 0.31 in the 18 to 49. So this is kind of similar to the numbers that they were beating NXT with every week on a consistent basis. The 800,000 area. Uh, Will this be where they live? Like you like to say. Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, The NBA playoffs aren't going to end though until
0: what June, July. It traditionally July. So. July.
1: Yes. So uh, I don't remember the NBA playoffs having this much of an effect. And we're only in, in the early part of the playoffs, not, not when things get – I guess there's just more games happening. Is that, is that a factor? Are there actually more games? See, with Showbiz Daily, we're, uh, we're so in the dark now. Like, I, I don't know what, uh, what did rank number one and beat out AEW. But um, all of these numbers, especially if we look at our report here with the gauges – all these numbers are well below in the uh, in the system of the WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet, which you can get access to at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. you look in the report tab, you will see the gauges and you will see uh, the WrestleNomics O-meter reading that all four of these programs are well below what they were doing in the median of the previous four weeks. So all these numbers are, are down quite a bit. In the case of WWE, maybe it's it's partly a seasonal post-WrestleMania fallout. In the case of AEW, maybe it's the playoffs for the NBA, which were on ESPN uh, on Wednesday night. The, the, the big game, though, the Lakers and Warriors was on at 10, not at 8, did not oppose AEW. But there was some other NBA playoff game that was on ESPN
0: at 8 that was opposing Dynamite. Um, so uh- – NXT did go opposed with the Eastern Conference playing games okay the Western Conference so they they did have uh they did have NBA that they were uh that they were going against okay and I'm trying to and I'm gonna tell you when the NBA finals will go to in a moment it looks like it will end uh, July 22nd this is uh, like the furthest it would go yep
1: so any low numbers between now and then we can blame on The uh, NBA Finals or the NBA playoffs. (laughs) It's not the fault of the content. Uh, No, I don't know. At at some point, it's it's uh, it's whether or not people want to pay money to
0: see what you're putting out or if they want to spend their time. Um, We're going to move to the uh, World of Impact, which we don't have a rating for this week. But we got some information that we've been talking about on this show as far as Don Callis and Fightful the great people of Fightful have confirmed that Don Callis is no longer an executive in any capacity with Impact Wrestling and Anthem Sports and Entertainment. So something that we touched on probably was going to happen based on his being removed from the website. And here we have it. It's official. Well, at least from Fightful. Impact has not announced anything yet, but Don Callis no longer an executive with the company. Yes. Do we know what
1: Don Callis was doing in the time between um, ECW and Impact? He's working for the government in Uh, Canada or something like that
0: yeah anyway. i mean I, I know at some point he did some random at one point he was he i think he did work for tna at one point too sounds right anyway because i remember I, some I, interview with him and russo going head to head or whatever yeah.
1: i would expect don Callis to show up in a corporate role at aew sometime in the next year to
0: be safe Any, any other thoughts on that, Brandon? No, not really. <laughs> Just now, yeah. here, here, here's one thing. It'll be interesting to see if this Impact-AEW relationship continues after with Don Callis departing and once this Kenny Omega world title angle ends. Yeah. The, the, there will be the
1: forbidden Door has been helpful to Impact, to their, to their ratings. I guess, how long do you want to be dependent on on another company that is stronger than you, I guess, is a, is a question for Impact to deal with. Yeah. Um, and is it the appearance that that if this happens, like I think it will, that Don Callis will end up in some sort of office role for AEW? Is there the appearance that they scooped our our uh, EVP out from us? Or maybe is there some reason why Impact maybe did want to part ways with Don Callis?
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> if you can only see our faces, folks. <laughs> uh, so, so, so much drama going on. And uh, you know, we are uh of course on the Voices of Wrestling uh network and on their flagship uh podcast, they discussed some stuff going on in New Japan, Brandon. Uh Gaijin Mutiny was one of the stuff that was talked about. Basically the uh the Gaijins, they uh, which are all the, the foreign talent, they are not happy with kind of the way the practices have been in New Japan as far as the quarantines and adding dates and they're not really getting those breaks between tours as they did before to go home. Uh, And, and then one, one source said, it's not just a guide, mutiny. It's a roster mutiny. (laughs) So uh, not, not doesn't seem like sunshine and rainbows in new Japan right now, according to the rumors and rumblings.
1: So new Japan, because of COVID COVID is um, getting worse in Japan. At least the death rate per capita is way lower, still way lower than it is in the United States. Of course, you got the, the pressure from the Olympics coming up. Whether or not the Olympics are going to happen, probably going to happen still, but anyway. Um, but touring was was stopped and postponed. It sounds like some wrestlers were on their way home. Uh, and then they decided, nope, touring's back on. Come back. IWGB title uh, has been vacated by Will Ospreay. There is debate and differing beliefs about to what extent he is actually injured. Um, yeah, it's... It sounds like New Japan has to run these shows because their their business, unlike these businesses in the U.S., wrestling companies, that have now uh, converted their revenue so much to to media revenues, to to TV revenues and streaming revenues and things like that, New Japan is still... uh, A slim majority of their revenue is from ticket sales. So to keep their business going, they really have to continue to put on these shows. They already went from uh, March 2020 to July 2020, running no shows whatsoever. Um, don't know that they can sustain another long down period like that. Um, some of these cards that, they, that they're advertising look, look pretty stripped down in terms of the talent that's still available between uh, the people that they've got in the country and the people who don't have COVID and, or, or are not quarantined because of COVID at this point. Uh, a number of wrestlers have COVID now. Um, but yeah, that's what's happening with New Japan. People are not happy, apparently. Uh, by the way, you should you should uh, subscribe to to the Voices of Wrestling Patreon uh, to get the uh, the full details of, of their written report uh, ri- written by by international renowned journalist Joe Lanza. And uh, you can listen to them
0: talk about that as well on the latest flagship on this very podcast network. To tie it all together, just to make it Russell if, if for, for lack of better terms, uh, if there is a mutiny of. You know, foreign talent, including American talent and British talent. And less and less people want to go over there because the way they handle the situation and guys leave makes it a lot harder to sell a deal to an American television station with not many American talent on it. Um there's no
1: shortage of American wrestlers who are who want to wrestle for niche Band, though. Um I think there are people who have leverage, like like Will Ospreay and Jay White. Um but there is a, a, a large pool of, of very talented wrestlers who are whatever US descent or UK descent, uh, who are very talented, but that, you know, there's a lot of good wrestlers who I'm sure would be glad to wrestle for, for new Japan. And, and if they were presented well, could, could turn into good stars and at least good mid cards for them. I accidentally right, got pen on my green nah, screen. By the so way, now which we is, which will, is what I'm doing right now. If you're wondering,
0: <laughs> We, we will move on to uh, the WrestleNomics Patreon that has the Google, the full detailed Google Trends report. But I'm sure you're going to give us a brief rundown, uh, Brandon. on what is trending in Google Trends?
1: Um, I really think that this is more of a reflection of name recognition. Um, this is not necessarily a reflection. We, well, we'll talk about this because I've so I've broken this down into people. We're going to talk about companies as well, but I've ranked who's being searched for the most. And then I, I ranked who's, who's, uh, whose search volume has increased the most over the last month, right? So this is looking at the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight months, September of last year through April of this year. Uh, I did not try to tackle May in this. We won't, I'm only going to deal with full and finished months. So this may be something that I'll look at on a recurring basis when the months end. But anyway, um, you don't have this in front of you, do you? I don't I don't want you to that. I, I do not. OK, who do you think is did you look at this already? I don't know. OK, okay, okay, don't okay. so who that. do you think is the most Googled for wrestler associated with AEW person? Let's say it's
0: not just with, wrestlers with AEW. Yes.
1: Sting. He is number one, two, three, four, five in April. Wow. Take another stab at it. The most Googled, most uh, searched for, this is globally, not just in the US, but globally. That's, that's not a hint, by the way. It's not as if it's some international, non US person.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going to guess again. We're going to say John Moxley.
1: John Moxley is number one, two, three in April. There is still someone who has twice. The web search volume of John Moxley or Sting.
0: Would it be the big show? The
1: big show is the is the correct answer. Yes. Um, a little bit below the big show is Chris Jericho. Um, substantially below Chris Jericho is John Moxley. Followed by Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega surpassed Sting in April. Uh, he was not ahead of Sting in March. St- and we've got I'm just going to run through the names quickly. Sting, Matt Hardy, Jim Ross, Dustin Rhodes. Miro, Jake Roberts, Tainara Conti, Tainara, I don't know uh, Cody oh, Rhodes. Wow. What's that? What? No, I mean, I know. I was like, oh, wow. Just,
0: she's like number nine or 10.
1: Yeah. She, she's she been growing. She's been growing in, in, in web search online. Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Christian Cage, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, Britt Baker, Anthony Agogo, Taz, and Jake Hager. I only did the top 20 here. Um, Let's go to New Japan. The most searched, not just in Japan, but worldwide. The most searched for wrestler. This is a neck and neck battle here. But the most searched for wrestler for New Japan in April. Oh, f- um, hmm. let's go Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi is the correct answer. Followed uh, narrowly by Jushin Liger, who is no longer an active wrestler. <laughs> Tetsu Naito, Will Ospreay. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchiko Okada, Shingo Takagi, Taichi, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Sanada, the uh, international superstar Yuji Nagata, Bullet Club, Hiromu, Kenta, Leo Rush, I'm counting the strong people in this, uh, Tomoyuki Oka, the, which is also the great Okan, uh, Evil, TJ Perkins, and Fred Roser, the former, um, what was his name in WWE? Darren Young. Darren Young. Yes. By the way, we're um, I'm using I never know what the terminology is to describe this, but I'm using topics. So think of it as a bundle of searches that Google in its algorithmic wisdom determines is related to this person, brand, place or thing. Um, That's basically how Google Trends works. Um, So we only get relative search volume here, too. We don't get the actual number of searches. Probably have to pay Google the big bucks to get that kind of info, but this this stuff is free. And what I did was I created a a Python script where I'm able to. You're only able, only able in the, in the traditional interface to pull five at a time, but I've created a, a, a Python script that uh, will pull many more in in, a, in an efficient manner. Um, was there more I wanted to say about this? We still have to do WWE, I know, but yes. So I d- I did. A, you know, there are so many wrestlers in WWE. That there's like, I had to, had to do like 300 of these to get the WWE thing. But who is the most Googled for WWE associated personality? I, keep in mind, this, there's a lot of WWE associations mm-hmm. out there. Who is the most Googled for WWE associated personality in April of 2021? The Rock. The Rock. There is one person with more Google web search in April than The Rock. You're talking about wrestling related or just in general? WWE related. Really? Yes.
0: Wow. Now,
1: now, now, uh, picture yourself, Golo. I know you don't have hair. I barely do. Let's say you're in a barbershop. What wrestler would that barber bring up to you?
0: Hulk Hogan? No. You, you you totally missed my joke here.
1: It's Bad Bunny. Uh,
0: it's Bad Bunny. I get it though. Yes. Okay. So B- Bad Bunny yes, We were still in WrestleMania time with April, yeah. Yes. That's why I wasn't, yeah. Yes.
1: All all the months in the past though on this chart Dwayne Johnson is number one. Um, Stop me when I get to a wrestler who's actually on on W television on a weekly basis. Bad Bunny. Dwayne Johnson. Okay, John Cena. The Undertaker. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Now, there you go. Roman Reigns. Steve Austin. Stop me when I get to one again. Steve Austin. Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Triple H. Ronda Rousey. Brock Lesnar. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. There we go. There you go. Sasha Banks, Paige, Kane, Mary Kane, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, Nikki Bella. Another one who's not there. Edge no longer there. Rey Mysterio and Bray Wyatt. Those are the top 20.
0: So these um, trends are going to be I actually am really excited for your May report because we have started to have the biography series. So you're going to see Randy Savage searches and, so? and and even these Sergeant Slaughter searches from Von Swann and Treasures and stuff like that. So it'll, I know when I watch me, when I watch like a historical program, I tend to search the topic a lot mm-hmm. on Google mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I expect Shawn Michaels, especially after that biography, to be probably pretty high up when it comes to uh, in the May trends. Right.
1: So we should talk about growth as well. But um Yeah, there is a big bump in in Randy Savage in, uh, the week between May 2nd and May 8th. So you're right. Yeah, there is. Um, but often, especially on Twitter, I, uh, get randomly tagged by people who are arguing, strangers, of course, who are arguing with each other about who's a draw, who's not a draw. Um, I think this ties in nicely with, uh, with Showboys Daily and why this is such a crisis for this, uh, this, uh, wrestling media community. But, uh, People want to know who's a draw and who's not. And I think Google web search is not an answer, but it's the closest thing I think that we have to an answer as far as name recognition, which is a lot of what, what, uh, determines somebody's or is a good predictor of somebody's economic demand. Um, Google web search is pretty, pretty close, uh, down, not every Google web search is one of economic favor, but, but it's, it's a good, it's a good hint. Um, and I think it's a lot better than trying to unpack quarter hours or trying to unpack a whole program's rating and and attribute that to someone's star power or lack thereof. Uh, quarter hours are marred by commercials. They're uh, made difficult to analyze because there's other people on the program with you. Wrestling matches tended to maintain their audience better than interviews and other kinds of segments. So I think wrestling ratings if you're trying to figure out who's a star and who's a draw which i think is sort of a usually a bad faith question <laughs> but, but um yeah i think google web search at least we've got a metric here that is dedicated to a person and is not in this messy messy bundle with the positioning of and, and the competition of what else is on tv at the same time and the commercial placement and the segment placement etc uh, so i think this i think google web search which is not free of its own problems is less of a problem in terms of analyzing somebody's actual star power than, for one thing, television viewership. We don't get individual merchandise sales information. Oh, PWTs is a good source. and so Maybe we should spend more time looking at that. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 right, the, the growth, uh, I'll just talk about real quickly the growth stuff here um, is I question whether or not the growth uh, information really means that much here um there's enormous growth for one anthony agogo which does make sense um the nature of google web search data from google trends um it's it's difficult to handle to say the least the, big, the biggest growers for uh awr anthony agogo michael nakazawa chris statlander evilese and chris jericho uh the biggest growers this is month to month this is this is comparing. um April to, to March for new Japan is Tom Lawler, Toa Hanare, Yuji Nagata, Nick Miller, Dick Togo, uh, for WWE, it's Wesley Blake, Tom Phillips, big draw Kona Reeves, Billy Kay were the releases in April. They, they, yeah, they were on April 15th. In fact, yeah, in of it. but yeah, that, that's it. That's all I got to say about the Google web search for now.
0: All right. Uh, we have some a new wb patent lawsuit if you want to get into more detail there
1: yeah not a lot to say here but just really briefly there's a company named sito mobile that is suing wb uh for patent infringement this appears to be what is known in some circles as a patent troll uh if you search the uh recap Database, which is a database of, of lawsuits, you will find Sito Mobile suing other companies, including Hulu and Flo Sports, over their streaming video technology, which Sito Mobile claims to have a patent on. Um, the complaint uh, is out there. I will, I could share this this uh, notebook this week with patrons if you want to read the complaint. Um, it is quite lengthy there have there from time to time, there are these patent troll lawsuits that don't really seem to go anywhere. So I don't, I don't have either the expertise to, to uh, unpack this very much, nor does it seem like this is going to go much of anywhere. So something to be aware of, but I, I leave it at that.
0: So the big talk of the wrestling. Are you, are you aware of this? I just heard about this the other day for yesterday. <laughs> the big talk of the wrestling world before the big de- WTBS news was zombies showed up on WWE's pay per view this past Sunday, and well, there's a there was a justification for the zombie attack in the zombie lumberjack match, as uh, it was confirmed by F uh, Figure Four or Weekly Online that Nick Khan made the deal worth more than a million dollars, that led the zombie j- uh, zombie lumberjack match, and that was for the Army of the Dead uh, movie coming out. Uh, yes, zombies, but they were very profitable ones. And it looks like they used a lot of, uh, it looks like they used a lot of performance center guys. I did see one Joe Gacy in zombie makeup Yes, uh, during that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of flack for it, but they probably don't care. <laughs> so looking at the bottom line of what it got them.
1: We've got F4W online saying this is worth over a million dollars. Right. That's what what I found in the notes. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I asked someone to try to confirm that and nobody knows. I don't know. Um, let's say it is worth that much. Maybe it, maybe it is. Maybe you want to promote, uh, this, this, this is on Netflix. I think this army's army of the dead starring Batista. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch that later. Go give us a review for that on the Patreon. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so let's say it was, Let's say they did get a million dollars in revenue for that. And, you know, there's a long the lines of, of things that uh, Stephanie has talked about in terms of how they can present to advertisers and business partners all these great opportunities to create activations where they integrate your product with our product. And that's what people really want. They want, you know, they, they want things that don't disrupt the program and they're integrated right into the into the, uh, the content. Um, even Ryan Satin didn't like this. The uh, the, the zombies the zombie lumberjack match uh, for those who aren't aware uh, I did I did catch parts of this on WrestleMania backlash um, so it was a tag match right was that what it was
0: yes did you, you um, it was saw, a tag saw, sorry, match yes I'm uh, oh, no, not a tag match I'm sorry no it was priest versus Miz okay uh, Morrison was well yeah no it was that it was priest versus Miz and it was announces a lumberjack match. And that's all that was announced as the zombies were not advertised. (laughs) They were, they were not. And then all of a sudden the lumberjacks were these zombies that were coming out of nowhere. And they actually, every time they were going to be the outside, they would attack Miz And Damien Priest. I mean, these were zombies that were not heels or faces. They were, they were just attacking anybody (laughs) in, in their ways. And then uh, at the end, when Miz Lost, the zombies then came in the ring and they fed on him. Okay.
1: Is, is the Miz dead now? Is that how he's selling the, uh, the injury that I've heard he has? <laughs> um, so this was criticized across the board, including among people who usually love things that Debbie does, that others, that these other un, you know, insatiable, miserable people usually dislike. Um, so this was, there was revenue here.
0: I think there's expense here though, too for doing this. I mean, you're talking monster makeup and stuff like that. I mean, that's not cheap. That's not what I mean though.
1: I'm not just talking about the physical assets. I'm talking about this as an expense on their brand. Um, I heard somebody say, uh, on another, on another podcast, not a wrestling yeah. podcast, uh, that, you know, a brand is the function of the quality of the, the products and services, the, the communication, the effectiveness of the communication, the timeliness of it, and the behavior of the leadership and the talent. And this is something that affects the quality of your product is it worth a million dollars to you to, to do this? I hope so. I, I, I think it's, an, it's another thing among a world of things that makes people not enjoy and not as excited to watch WWE the next time. So
0: I don't know. The timing of it was great since the report came out, maybe just a week before that, that a WWE executive said that blood and guts set the business back 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then you have this zombies. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, uh, you know, we're going to put a dead end to this episode, but it will continue to be living throughout your podcast airwaves again next week. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? I tried, you know, yes. try to zombify it, Very <laughs> but uh, but yes, uh, uh, let's do all the plugs before we end out here. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you can subscribe to. WrestleLomics on Patreon at patreon.com slash You'll get access to lots of locked posts, including primary reporting, original analysis and research. The WrestleLomics viewership spreadsheet, which includes over 15,000 data points. is updated continuously throughout the week with uh, viewership for all in-ring programming. Even through this, this dark time where we are without Showbiz Daily, I will still be updating it to the maximum extent that I can. Uh, that is there for all patrons. And on occasion, you get emergency podcasts like the one we recorded this week. If you want to hear our extended thoughts when we had just learned the news on the day that we learned the news that AEW is moving to TBS, if, you th- if you're wondering why we didn't talk about that that much on this episode, it's because it's on Patreon, Patreon for all our subscribers, just $5 a month. Um, that's there. You can go to wrestlenomics.com and read more of my written work and lots of resources and numbers on the wrestling business. You can follow WrestleOnix on Twitter at WrestleOnix. Uh, do you have plugs, Gullo?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, just myself, Chris Gullo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, as things are starting to open up, starting to appear at more wrestling shows and live demonstrations as well as comedy. And uh, I'll actually be uh, re-announcing my first mixed martial arts event in almost two years uh, coming up soon um and then uh the rediscovering the indies podcast uh check us out rti pod on uh twitter and rediscovering indies on facebook and instagram we've had a great great growth in that podcast over there so anybody who listened to this podcast and went over there thank you um and xpw has been the xpw episode we just we just released part three last week where we discuss all the drama in philly and then you know um and they, they actually bought, well, they leased the ECW arena, changed it to the XPW arena and only ran like two shows after it was named the XPW arena and then canceled the lease <laughs> because why not? <laughs> um, but so we get into all that and I know there's other uh, like crazy topics from that episode that just said that my mind's not coming to right now. And then part four will be released in June and that will be mostly about the trial hmm. and the fail, well, the reunion attempts and, and what the, is there a future for XPW? So we'll be getting into all that, and, uh, and then we'll go into normal one-month topics after uh, the, the deep dive of XPW is done. If, so. if,
1: if you need any help looking at uh, finding legal filings or something, let me know. Uh, a, a good audio-quality podcast, too, I will say. Matt uh, Matt Long does a great job producing that.
0: So well, thank you. you know, so thank you. Check, check that out.
1: Okay, I am Brandon Thurston. You can follow me at Brandon Thurston. Who are you?
0: I am Chris Gullo. You can
1: follow him at Chris Gullo. At Chris Gullo. We'll talk to you next time.